In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the Feast of Christ the King, in essence the end of our liturgical year. Next Sunday, when we gather, we will celebrate Advent Sunday, the first day of our new liturgical year. And while it is fitting to celebrate, as some churches call it, the reign of Christ today, I think that we sometimes unwittingly celebrate an event that we are anticipating, rather than actively taking part in something that already is. Now, we as citizens of the United States probably cast a scant eye anytime we talk about monarchies, kings and queens, and how they function, especially since our own democratic and republican form of government would not permit anyone here to claim a royal title. How strange would His Majesty Donald, the Prince of New York, or His Majesty Joseph, the Duke of Delaware, sound to our ears. Yet, we as Christians do claim to follow a king. And if we are to follow Christ as king, we need to understand what that means. We use language all the time to refer to any member of the triune God as a monarch of sorts, king of creation, our Lord, the Almighty King, ruler of our hearts, king of kings and lord of lords. And some of this comes off the tip of our tongue easily. For instance, together a few minutes ago, we prayed, Thy kingdom come. But one of the things that we sometimes forget is how deadly making that assertion can be. The earliest of our baptismal creeds was a simple declaration, Jesus is Lord, as opposed to Caesar, as opposed to the world, as opposed even to our deepest desires and wants, Jesus is Lord. If Jesus is Lord, if Jesus is King, then Caesar is not. And that very claim is what led many of our first, second, and early third century martyrs to the Colosseum to be executed. If Jesus is Lord, if Jesus is King, then we must understand we are looking for an event that is already occurring, not something in the distant future. Jesus is King of the here and now. And when we do pray, Thy kingdom come, we are asking, perhaps longing deeply, for God's justice, God's mercy, and God's rule to be ever more present today. That is part of what makes our gospel lesson of sheeps and goats so interesting for today. Sheep and goats are almost the same animal. In fact, if you have ever been around both, when the sheep is sheared, they can look almost identical. There are a few differences, though, that set them apart. Now, in earlier days, the tender of sheep and goats generally let them graze together, mainly because their diet 
are radically different. Sheep eat tender grass, while goats browse and eat leaves, branches, vines, and so on. Sheep form tight-knit communities and generally don't wander far. Goats are more headstrong and tend to wander and investigate their surroundings, eating as they go. Sheep can learn and discern voices and can be almost called to feed and water, while goats tend to need to be herded and pointed to where they need to go. At night, the shepherd would take the animals and separate the two. Sheep, especially if their wool is thick, can survive the cold, while goats must be put in a small enclosure, gathering warmth from each other. So this image of separating sheep and goats would have been an image fresh on the minds of the disciples as Jesus told them this parable. In our story, the sheep are dumbstruck to find out that they are welcomed into the Father's kingdom. Lord, when was it we saw you hungry, thirsty, as a stranger, naked, sick, or in prison? And our Lord's answer is simple and direct. Just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Mother Teresa used to tell the story that her mother taught her this parable and said that the whole gospel is summed up on five fingers. You did it to me. The gospel of the five fingers was something she carried with her throughout her ministry in Calcutta, and she taught it to all the novices who came to her, as well as many prominent Christian leaders. How simple that is. You did it to me. We can pray. We can study. We can come to the liturgy every Sunday, but perhaps we need to spend more time looking at our hands and seeing the work of the gospel there. You did it to me. Jesus, as our King and our Lord, demands, yes, demands, obedience from all of us. It is how we become good sheep. We follow the voice of our Lord. We go to where He calls us. And we do the things that he wishes us to do, especially for the least, the marginalized, the ones whom society has kicked to the curb, or the individuals whom everyone else has given up on. And it is not an option. As we have been working through the Gospel of Matthew this year, Notice how many times Jesus empowers the disciples to be actors in the drama. You give them something to eat. Go and preach the gospel. I am sending you out. Blessed are you when persecuted. The gospel of Christ our King demands action from us not just complacency. 
but all too often, and, and I know this about myself, we are too goat-like. We don't heed the voice of our Lord. We are too headstrong. We know the answers to the problems and bully our way, headbutting everyone who stands in our way. We scavenge for food, and sometimes we eat things not suited for us, like the laundry hanging on the clothesline. And in all of that, we never notice the people around us. The least of these are not even apparent to us. And the goats report back to Jesus, Lord, when did we see you? Unfortunately, there is no room for excuses. As my friend, the Reverend Carl Turner, once said, Notice that you did not do it to me doesn't fit on five fingers. In almost every confession of sin we say together, we say something to the effect of, we have left undone those things which we ought to have done. The confession of every goat, including myself each day. All of us who have been baptized have proclaimed, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. And if we believe that, then we must follow his commands and his example, both corporately as the church, but also individually as sheep. Recently, several of us in our book club have been reading from the Archbishop, well, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams' little book, Being Christian. I commend it to all of you, and I think other members of the club would as well. In his chapter on baptism, Archbishop Williams says this about finding the baptized. Where might you expect to find the baptized? One answer is, in the neighborhood of chaos. It means you might expect to find Christian people near to those places where humanity is most at risk where humanity is most disordered, disfigured, and needy. Christians will be found in the neighborhood of Jesus, but Jesus is found in the neighborhood of human confusion and suffering, defenselessly alongside those in need. If being baptized is being led to where Jesus is, then being baptized is being led towards the chaos and the neediness of a humanity that has forgotten its own destiny. Earlier, I alluded to the reign of Christ as already here. My friends, it is. Christ our King has already conquered death hell, the grave, sin, the flesh, and the devil. Our role now 
is to proclaim that kingdom as come, as already here, and not to live into the fear of failure, nor the fear of ridicule, nor the fear of being misunderstood. The reign of Christ is now. All these parables, all these stories of harvesters in the field, or talents being given to servants, or sheep being separated from goats, is our clarion call to look around us and see what our role is in ushering forth this kingdom of Christ, this kingdom of God. Yes, we can pray, Thy kingdom come, but we must also follow it with our pledge of commitment and obedience. Thy will be done. Yes, we are called to love our Lord in worship and prayer and devotion. But worship and prayer and devotion must be put to use. And it doesn't matter where we are. It can be at work or at school and the shopping malls or restaurants, even in our very homes. Wherever we encounter people, it is there that our Lord calls us to service in His name and in the name of the kingdom. You did it to me. Remember our gospel of the five fingers, and when in doubt, read the gospel found on your fingers.